Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murder of Brayla Ann Stone. The cover-up. Thursday, June 25th, 2020. Little Rock, Arkansas. Warning. The following episode you're about to listen to will contain audio evidence of misgendering. Listening discretion is advised. We start tonight with a breaking news update. Sherwood police releasing the name of the victim found in a homicide from yesterday. Good evening, everyone. Glad you're with us tonight for Fox 16 News at 530. I'm Donna Terrell. Police say 17-year-old Braylon Stone was found dead in a van along a walking trail. Stephanie Sharp is live tonight with reaction from people in that area. And Steph, sounds like this neighborhood is actually in shock about this. Donna, that's a great way to describe it. There are things like this just typically does not happen in a neighborhood like this. We are told from Sherwood police that just before 3 p.m. yesterday afternoon, the teen's body was found in a van along this fairly popular walking trail. We all watch out for each other. Sherwood neighbors around Gap Creek Drive react to a teen found dead in a van along a popular walking trail. All of us are family oriented. You know, the kids go on their bikes all the time, so it was just scary. Jamie Diaz says she and her neighbors saw the crime scene Thursday afternoon. I saw the vehicle, but, and then also heard what had happened. She says there may be petty crime in the area, but not to this magnitude. And we've had cars break into, um, vehicle stolen type thing, but nothing like that. It's a very quiet neighborhood. We get very few calls, so it's very surprising to all of us. Sherwood police officers say the teen has been identified as 17-year-old Braylon Stone. They're trying to figure out whether Stone was killed in Sherwood or brought here. They're also looking into a motive. An investigation like this is rare for the city. It's very unusual. I believe it's maybe our second or third homicide this year. All the while, Diaz says she'll keep an extra eye out. It was kind of scary. At this time, there is no suspect information available. And if you know anything about this crime, you're asked to contact Sherwood Police. Reporting live in Sherwood tonight, I'm Stephanie Sharp. Back to you. It's Thursday, June 25th, 2020, in the city of Little Rock, Arkansas. 
It would be the home where 17-year-old African-American transgender teenager Brayla Ann Stone would reside. And by 2.30 p.m., when her body was discovered along 7242 Davis Drive, along the Sherwood popular area of Gap Creek Drive, this would leave the city of Little Rock lingering for answers for the years to come. It all began when passerby 38-year-old cisgendered female Jamie Diaz had heard a van, a black Saturn view, along the Gap Creek Drive area. She heard the music. She heard what just sounded like a lot of loud muffling and noises coming from this area. She went back there and discovered the van parked alongside the fencing area. As she approached, she noticed two legs in the passenger seat sprawled upward, outward, and towards the van window. When she went to go check on the individual inside of the van, what she discovered would leave her mouth hanging in shock for these years to come. She discovered that body brutally shot, blood spatter throughout this Black Saturn view. Shocked, she notifies the authorities and immediately Officer Richard McNeil arrives on the scene by 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. As they begin to investigate and take Jamie's report, Jamie recalls the night before that Wednesday, June 24th, a hearing what sounded like some doors slamming and some gunshots. And by that afternoon, when she would typically go and begin her walking journey as part of her health and wellness path, and when she saw, you know, saw this van parked over on the side after hearing this loud music, and people had walked by but not really went over to the van, but she had made the bold and brave decision to go over and see, you know, why was this music playing for so long and if someone was in distress. And as she's, you know, relaying all of this to Officer Richard McNeil of the Little Rock Police Department, they are all shocked to, you know, again, this was the third homicide within the city. And this was this in June, so this was the beginning of the summertime in 2020. It was three months into the pandemic, just a month after the brutal murder of George Floyd. So there was a lot of tension in 2020 in the city of Little Rock. And so there was a heavy presence of making sure that the law enforcement were responding to violence within the city after the brutal murder of George Floyd just a month prior in the West Coast. And so as this investigation begins, they're taking um, that information of 38-year-old cisgender female Jamie Diaz of the Sherwood area, this North Little Rock, Arkansas subdivision that is pretty popular and heavy. And again, as we begin to go through this, my audience, welcome. Thank you all so much for joining me on this episode, season three, episode 12. Um, the murder of Brayla and Stone, the cover-up. This case is going to include a tale of young attraction, a love story of so many that we see, right? Individuals meet, they encounter, they fall in love, they involve, get involved in sex. And when all this entanglement happens, and when someone in the relationship wants more, than what the other is willing to give. 
what lengths will they go to to ensure that this person does not reveal the secret? And that is what this case is going to entail. It cover up like no others where not only as we begin to reveal the perpetrator of this hateful homicide of Bray Landstone, but then also the individuals who knew um, that, that this hateful homicide was going to happen to Brayla. Um, and again, as we go through this case, to give you a little bit of context, just a little bit about Brie Landstone, she was 17. She had just turned 17 three weeks prior to the hateful homicide bestowed upon her. She was getting ready to enter into her senior year of high school. So all of these things in 2020 was unfolding in this city of Little Rock, Arkansas for this beautiful 17-year-old transgender teenager. And unfortunately, it was cut short and abruptly by that Thursday afternoon when her body was discovered at Gap Creek Drive. And again, this is at 7224 Vista Point Court. Um, and this was in view of that Gap Creek Drive. This is in the Sherwood area of North Little Rock, Arkansas. As Richard McNeil, the officer who was called upon scene to this hateful homicide, when he went over and him and his team continued to investigate, as they described it, they would discover Brayla shot through the head with her body lying upside down on the front passenger seat floorboard with her legs resting on the seat's back rest. The driver's side window had been broken out, blood spattered throughout the car's interior. And also, Detective Richard McNeil noted, along with his forensics team, a strong smell of bleach inside of the black Saturn view. There was also discoloration marks from the clearing agent inside of the car and some of the contents, according to additional police reports. As they, you know, was able to locate Brayla Ann Stone's ID and her phone, they had to make the death notification to her family, leaving her mother, her father, her cousins and grandparents all shocked and saddened. And though Brayla was still, you know, two years into her gender journey, and she began her gender journey her freshman year of high school, her family was still coming to terms of who Brayla was. And when they was given this heartbreaking news that their child had been brutally murdered, shot in the head and left, in the passenger side of a vehicle, her vehicle. It was really, you know, just complete sight, you know, sight and shocking for them. They were beside themselves. They wanted to understand how did this happen? They had spoken to Brayla on that Wednesday, June 24th, around 7 p.m. Um, her, as well as one of her good friends, um, Audrey Jackson, um, had stated that Brayla had was going to be meeting up with her boyfriend that um, the name of 20-year-old cisgendered African-American male, Trayvon Hayes Miller. He and Brayla had been in a relationship for about 16 months. She had met him just um, before she turned 16 in 2019. And um, the two had begun meeting and dating in secrecy the way that Trayvon wanted it. And according to Brayla's friend, Audrey Jackson, a cisgender African-American female, when Brayla discovered that Trayvon was talking to another female and that female was of the name of Tion Foreman, this left Brayla devastated. She was done with being Trayvon's secret girlfriend. And when she went to go meet, 
Trayvon on that Wednesday night of June 24th. She um, sent the text to her friend Audrey Jackson where she was just like, I'm not really up for this, but she was in a place to speak up for herself and say that I am no longer gonna be your seeker. She was getting ready to go into her senior year. She was finding this newfound confidence within her own journey and she was done with the lies and the games. And so my audience, you know, it is really heartbreaking because Brayla, after 16 months of being in this relationship, had enough. But unbeknownst to her and the authorities, there was this cover-up that had begun just the week prior to her hateful homicide around June 17th of 2020. When Brayla had begun to discover that Trayvon was seeing other women and she had had enough of being his secret girlfriend and she was letting him know that she was going to let everyone within their social circle and abroad know that they were in this relationship, this entanglement. Trayvon had began to devise a plan to assure that Brayla would not live to tell anyone their secret, their secret romance, their secret love story. And especially that would expose him of potentially, according to him, be thought of as being or perceived as being gay. Trayvon Hayes Miller, 20 year old African American, um, you know, cisgendered male of the Sherwood area, this was a popular area for him to involve um, other females in activities of sexual um, conduct as well as sexual intercourse, drug activities. So he would take his female partners to the Gap Creek Drive area over in the 7224 Vista Court Way. And he would take them there, engage in sex. And Brayla was one of these girlfriends that he would take along there and participate in sex. So this was an area that he and Brayla both were familiar with. They had partaked in that area for 16 months. Um, sometimes he would sneak into, you know, Brayla's home. She would sneak into his home that he shared with his mother. So that was kind of the scope of their relationship. That, But that Gap Creek Drive area was a significant area and a familiar area for Trayvon Hayes Miller. So when Brayla and Stone went on the night of June 24, 2020 to meet Trayvon Hayes Miller. She was not expecting him to shoot her in the back of the head. Though she was not comfortable with seeing him, she was a little uneasy, right? He had not necessarily made threats against her life, but he had made threats of saying that he was adamant that he did not want her to disclose their secret. And if she was, that there would be hell, quote unquote, to pay. So Brayla was already a little trepidatious. She was a little heightened beyond, you know, the typical meet and greet that they would have in their 16 month courtship. And she had texted her friend Audrey Jackson stating, I'm not up for this. Something feels a little, you know, uneasy. And that was the last text message to go out of Brayla's phone. And by that Thursday of June 25th, 2020, when Jessica Diaz discovered the badly shot body of 17-year-old transgender teen, Brayla Ann Stone, and that Black Sioux, Black Saturn Sioux view, this was truly a shocking uh, sequence of events. Audrey had just spoken to her, her dear friend, her, her soul sister the night before. And the only thing that made sense that would lead to Brayla being brutally murdered, this hateful homicide bestowed upon her, would have been by the hands of her boyfriend, 20-year-old cisgendered African-American male, 
Trayvon Hayes Miller. So Detective Richard McNeil and his team all wanted to interview Trayvon Hayes Miller. They bring him into the Little Rock Police Department and he has a story to tell. It took about a week for them to find him and bring him in. They had initially tried to find him at the 14th, um, you know, um, Miller's Drive Lane where he had resided with his mother. This was a family drive um, within the Little Rock area where his family kind of had property. And so they went there, they weren't able to find him. And uh, subsequently um, he turned himself in on June 30th of 2020, just, you know, before the month of July. And, you know, as they're interviewing him and they're bringing in others who were all part of this conversation, this cover up that Trayvon had shared that he was going to murder Brayla because he was in fear of her telling their, you know, their romance to others. You know, he wanted this romance to be kept within this bubble between him and her. And when that bubble was going to burst, he did. And he, the only thing he knew to do in his mind at the age of 20 was to plan a murder. To lure Brayla and Stone out to the Gap Creek Drive jogging trail where he knew she would be comfortable, even though a little uneasy, but she would be comfortable because she knew that was a safe space for them. It was in a residential area. This area was a popular and popular driving area as well. People lived there, they parked there. So this would have been an area where she would have felt secured and he you know, utilized that in his way of thinking as part of the cover up. The individuals who was part of this cover up was Angela Dean. Malik Coleman, Tion Foreman, and of course, Trayvon Hayes. All of these individuals were part of this cover-up. And what's sad about this, you know, is that Trayvon Hayes Miller had, in April of 2016, committed another murder, that of 17-year-old Brian Allen Thompson in the parking lot of Bill Harmon Recreation Center in Sherwood, Little Rock, Arkansas just four years before the hateful homicide of Brayland Stone. He had pleaded guilty to that murder of Brian Allen Thompson, and he had also testified against other perpetrators involved in this murder in a reduced sentence and ultimately him being released on good behavior. So by 2018, two years after the murder of Brian Allen Thompson, um, this second repeated offender would get out. He would then meet 17-year-old, or at that time, almost 16-year-old Brayland Stone. He liked her. He fell in love with her, according to him. This is what he's telling Officer Richard McNeil and his story, because again, they have all of this information. They've brought in other in, um, you know, participants in this cover-up, as they've now been able to see the forensics on Brayland Stone's phone, which reveals a series of text messages between her and Trayvon, a series of text messages between Trayvon and these other individuals like Tion Foreman, like Malik Coleman, all of these individuals, Angela Dean, 
who was part of this cover-up who knew that he had planned to lure Brayla and Stone out to her death and murder her by shooting her. He would take his pistol that he had illegally obtained, right? Because he is a convicted felon. So he had illegally obtained the gun just a month prior to the hateful homicide of Braylon Stone and then set in stone for around that June 24th date for her to be murdered. According to Tian Forma, a 19-year-old cisgendered female who... Trayvon was involved with, right? Brayla Anstone was a woman that she was familiar with as well. She knew that Trayvon had been in a relationship with Brayla. And Trayvon had disclosed to Tion that he did not want Brayla to tell their secret. And so he had devised this cover-up to lure Brayla out to the Gap Creek Drive area. And Brayla, who was in love and was hopeful, you know, she was 17, getting ready to go into her senior year. She was hopeful that Trayvon had seen the light, had, you know, this light bulb moment, this eureka moment, that he would choose her finally after 16 months. And she went there, you know, sharing with her friend, you know, Audrey Jackson, that she was a little concerned for her safety, but she trusted Trayvon that he could never hurt her. Even though she knew that he had a pistol, he had shared with her that he had got a gun for protection, that there had been some individuals in Brian Allen Thompson's family who had wanted to hurt him because he, remember, he was released um, for testifying against the other individuals involved in the Brian Allen Thompson homicide. So he was telling Brayla that, hey, I popped this pistol around you know, Memorial Day of 2020. And, and, you know, for my own safety. So she, right, thinking that this pistol is for his protection, unbeknownst to her that he had actually purchased the pistol to murder her, that it was never anyone in Brian Allen Thompson's family or circle that was out to get him as to why he had purchased the pistol. But in reality, it was him just using that as a cover-up to get her familiar with the pistol. So when he pulled it out again and would shoot her in the back of the head that Wednesday night of June 24, 2020, that she didn't see it coming. And of course, was heartbreaking again as her family, they had begun to, you know, she's 17, they love her, even though they were still navigating her gender journey. When she did not come back home, that next day, they knew something was wrong. Part of the interview investigation included that of Latia Tut. She was the Arby's manager in Little Rock, Arkansas, where Trayvon Hayes Miller worked. He had texted her around that Wednesday afternoon, around 5 p.m. prior to him picking up Brayla and taking her to the Gap Creek Drive area before where he brutally shot her in the back of the head and, and, and just threw her body in the passenger seat head forward and with her legs facing upward, which is how she would be discovered by Jessica Diaz and Detective Richard McNeil. All of this was unfolding. And again, what you have is this, this cover up and you have these individuals who have known that this was gonna happen. Latia Tut had told Richard McNeil that Trayvon Hayes Miller had texted her the night of the hateful homicide and he had disclosed that he was not going to make it into work that Wednesday that he was um, you know he had effed up he had fucked up um, and that it was going to be a very long time before Latia Tut and the and his colleagues would see him at Arby's if ever quote unquote 
So again, as they're interviewing all of these people, they're getting this information. And Trayvon Hayes Miller ultimately confesses to the hateful homicide of Breland Stone. And as the family and friends all wrap their head around the fact that this individual that they all knew too, right? They they have been, you have to remember, her family and her closest friends didn't know about her relationship with Trayvon Hayes Miller. It was his family and friends who didn't know. It was his, you know, co-workers and colleagues who didn't know. The only reason why Tiana Foreman even knew about the relationship was because Brayla had sent Trayvon a text message just a few days prior and when she confronted Trayvon about who was Brayla and his phone that is when he disclosed that she was an ex-girlfriend and he even disclosed to Tian Foreman that she was a trans woman so again all of these things had been shared and he had even shared with Tian Foreman as well as Angela Davis and Malik Coleman that he was going to commit the hateful homicide of Brayland Stone through the act of a cover, through the guise of luring her out to talk and make love and connect and spend a beautiful summer together under the moonlight on a Wednesday night, right? They're honoring what would have been six years, you know, excuse me, 11 years since the murder of, excuse me, the death of Michael Jackson. So the, all of this, who, Brayla Ann Stone, who was a fan of Michael Jackson, her dad, who loved Michael Jackson, so she grew up on that. So all this timing of the hateful homicide was in place around this same context of coming and, you know, celebrating the death of Michael Jackson 11 years later, listening to some of his best hits under the moonlight in the Sherwood neighborhood over in 7242 Vista Court. And they're here listening to music. And then Trayvon pulls out his gun and he's like, look, this gun that I have, and this is going to protect me from, you know, you know, the friends and loved ones of Brian Allen Thompson, this 17-year-old black cisgender male that I murdered along with my friends and my friends and I murdered him in April of 2016. I have this gun for protection, Brayla. And as Brayla is jamming out, listening to music, reminiscing, still wondering when is her relationship with Trayvon Hayes Miller going to become more than the secret tryst in the Gap Creek Drive Trail. Bang! The gun goes off. And Brayla is dead. Now, what is Trayvon going to do? Well, around 8 p.m., his cell phone records reveals that his phone is pinging in that area. He has now tossed Brayla's body over into the passenger seat, further over because she was closer to him, leaning and making love, being embraceive, celebrating each other, listening to Michael Jackson's greatest hits. She didn't see it coming. This cover-up. And even as other investigators, like Amy Davis, who was interviewing Tion Foreman and asking, did you know this was going to happen to this 17-year-old girl? She says, yeah, I knew, but I didn't think that he was really going to do it. I didn't really think he was going to kill Brayla. And he did. And as all of this information is coming in to Brayla's family, right? They're getting this information. This has all been trickled down, funneled down to them. 
they're all coming together to remember Brayla and Stone at the First Presbyterian Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. to honor the latest person found dead in a Sherwood neighborhood where police say it's uncommon to see crimes like this. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Fox 16 News at 9. I'm Donna Terrell. Tonight, dozens of people were there. Our Alexis Wainwright was among them and joins us now. Alexis, this has just been heartbreaking for so many people. Yeah, Donna, it's been a very heartbreaking story. Now, we first reported on this last week when police said they found Braylon Stone in a van. Now, tonight, many of the people I talk with here in the community say they know Braylon as a transgender person on social media who goes by the name of Brayla Stone. Now, tonight and previously when we talked with the family, they asked that we continue to call him Brayla Stone. Braylon was a... Uh outgoing person. He lived his life to the fullest. He's real sweet. Family using words to describe Braylon Stone. He was the light to my life. I'm such a laid back person. He just brought this far, you know, that get up. He was a family oriented person. Like, he loved his family. Sherwood police say the 17-year-old was found dead in a van along a popular walking trail along Gap Creek Drive last week. And as time slowly passes, the memories live on. He took us to the movies and out to eat. That was one of my favorite memories. Cousin Rakia Holmes says Stone was the life of the party and touched so many lives. Monday, people who didn't even know Stone personally held a vigil to honor Stone's life. I want to cry just thinking about it. When I walked in with so many people, and we don't even know who they are, but they came to show love and support. More than 50 people packed out the First Presbyterian Church in Little Rock. When he have it, I have it. Like, everything that was his was mine. So that's really what I love about him. Like, he always thought about me. Many of them say they're hoping for justice. Police say they're still trying to figure out whether or not Stone was killed in Sherwood or left there. Even behind the social media, he was a good person, and he didn't deserve what happened to him. He should still be here. Now, police say that they are still looking for a motive in this case. They say an investigation like this is rare for them. Anyone with any information is encouraged to contact Sherwood Police directly. Reporting live in Little Rock tonight, Alexis Wainwright, Fox 16 News. Donna. And as you could hear from family members and loved ones, my audience, Brayla was loved. She was the light of the family. She was the source of hope. And anytime that they were feeling, you know, like they didn't want to do anything, Brayla was the one who would get them out of the home. Like, let's go dancing. Let's go to the beauty supply store. Let's go get our nails done. She was always wanting to spend time with her loved ones. Born in 2003, June 8th of 2003, Brayla Ann Stone was surrounded by family, friends, and loved ones in the city of Little Rock, Arkansas, where she was born and raised, a Southern girl through and through. She began her gender journey around 2018 at the age of 15, just two years prior to her hateful homicide. In 2020, Brayla was getting ready to enter into her senior year of high school. She would have been part of the graduating class of 2021. She was also had just turned 17 three weeks prior to her hateful homicide. 
She was a lover of Michael Jackson. She loved the Supremes. She loved getting her hair and nails done. She loved doing hair. She was always loving to do things such as roller skating, miniature golfing, and even such physical activities like hiking, biking, you name it. She was a huge animal lover and loved spending time with her friends and family. And um, though she was, you know, still in the midst of her gender journey and getting her family to come to terms with her identity, they still embraced Brayla for who she was. And so when she was met with this hateful homicide and her body was brutally discovered on June 25th of 2020, that Thursday afternoon at 2.30 p.m., this left her family devastated. And as you could hear in the audio evidence, they all came together at First Presbyterian Church to just celebrate her and hundreds of people from around the Arkansas area. As this case did go viral because even the human rights campaign got involved. So you had all of these community organizations and national organizations coming together to celebrate Brayla. Um, and this is what the beauty is of making sure that we continue to say our community members' names. And so as we continue to go through this case, my audience, I want to take you into the actual trial of Trayvon Hayes Miller. He went to trial in August of 2021. So this was over a year after the hateful homicide of Braylon and Stone. And Judge Barry Sims was the residing judge over this case. It was a trial by jury. And so he had his jury of his peers, Trayvon Hayes Miller, his defense attorney, um, Burrick Marledge, um, and, you know, advocated for him strong. He was a pro bono attorney and argued alongside D.A. John Johnson in that August 2021 trial. They both argued. You had defense attorney Burke Marlich who argued that Trayvon was a 20-year-old young adult. He was impulsive. He was a product of his environment. He grew up in an area of violence and guns and drugs, and, and that was his only way of responding when backed into a corner. That he tried to convince Brayla not to you know, to, to expose their their secret, that he wanted to keep this relationship covered up and that when he had no other choice but to commit the hateful homicide of Brayland Stone, it was only because he had no other choice. This is what his defense attorney argued back in August of 2021, just almost a year ago in that Little Rock in that Pulaski County Courthouse. Then you also have D.A. John Johnson, who argues that this was a cover-up. This hateful homicide had been premeditated since the month of May. Since he knew, Trayvon Hayes Miller knew that his girlfriend, Brayla Ann Stone, was done with being a secret after 16 months. She stated after she discovered that he was in another relationship with cisgendered female Tian Foreman that she was going to disclose and quote-unquote expose their relationship to his friends and family because of the fact that both of them were from Little Rock, Arkansas saw that somehow or another that their families had crossed paths indirectly or either directly. So therefore, there was a percentage, a high percentage, that Brayla knew a relative or relatives of Trayvon Hayes Miller. And this would then result in him needing to devise a plan, a cover-up of purchasing a gun illegally, 
luring her out to the Gap Creek Drive Trail, a trail that was popular for him to partake in sex, a trail where him and Brayla would go, a trail also that was utilized in the murder of Brian Allen Thompson four years prior to Brayla's hateful homicide. DA John Johnson said this was no crime of passion, that he was not backed into a corner, that he knew exactly what he was doing when he got into that Black Saturn view on June 24th of 2020 at 7 p.m. Brayla felt it in her spirit when she texted her friend Adriana Jackson and said, something does not feel right. I'm not up for this. The last text message, he knew that she loved Michael Jackson. He knew that the anniversary of Michael Jackson's death was coming up. And that was his ruse to get her out of her home as she was enjoying her summer right before she entered her senior year of high school. Brayla, who had went through so much adversity in her 17 years of living, to become who she was, to be seen, to be heard, for her pronouns to be affirmed as she her hers, to be identified as Brayla Ann Stone, and all of that to be cut short by someone that she wanted to believe would come around in time and understand that all she wanted was to be the girlfriend that he had claimed she had been for 16 months. All of this was argued in that courtroom from the week of August 16th until August 31st of 2021. When the jury went to go and deliberate, they came back with a verdict of guilty. Trayvon Hayes Miller was sentenced to 50 years in prison with a minimum of 35 years to serve. He is currently in the Arkansas Department of Corrections serving his sentence. He will not be eligible for parole until the age of 53. Oh, my audience, this case, this cover up of everyone who was involved. You had Malik Coleman, you had Angela Davis, you had Tiana Foman, all of these individuals who knew prior that this girl's life was going to be taken and said nothing. This is how her life ended. When we hear things like this, when someone in the heat of a moment, anger, frustration, outrage, says, I am planning to murder someone, take it seriously. He didn't just say this once in a moment of frustration. He stated this for weeks and weeks, purchased a gun, and the jury of his peers agreed that he deliberately and intentionally committed the hateful homicide of Brayla Ann Stone on the night of Wednesday, June 24th, 2020, leaving her body to go into rigor mortis and be posed in a way that individuals, bystanders, would see this poor young girl brutally shot, blood spattered throughout this black Saturn view. She had no way to get out. And this is exactly what he did to Brian Allen Thompson. This is exactly the same location where he committed that murder. This was his MO. He was given the opportunity to commit a second homicide. And he was only 20. We must ask ourselves, did the justice system do Trayvon Hayes Miller a service by releasing him just two years after he committed the murder of another 17-year-old youth? 
I think not. As we prepare to conclude this case, my audience, I just want to also take you into an incredible podcaster, another one of my soul sisters. She is just just truly beautiful inside and out. And, and we're going to call her Anne. And, you know, she speaks about the Brayla Stone murder and just the impact. And it's so important to hear words and sentiments from our other trans folks who also feel the need and the spirit to speak up along these cases of a hateful homicide of trans and gender non-conforming and intersex people for simply being who they are and for simply wanting to have their love be as visible as others. Hey, my loves, it's your girl, Miss Melly XX, and here are Hey Y'all or your girl Melly Tour, depending on where you're watching me. So, I don't know if you guys remember, last time I told you about um, 17 year old Brenda Stone being murdered. Well, the person who murdered her is pleaded guilty. Um, he's received 50 years um, for her murder. A lot of people are saying, wow, this 50 years is a, is, is a long time for just murdering one person. But we have to understand two things. One, her life can never come back. Two, also, um, from everything I've read up, he actually. In 2016, um, played a robbery in, in a murder of a 17-year-old um, young man. So this is the piggyback off this. So that's some of the reason why he's getting 50 years. Um, this is a 17-year-old trans woman that we lost. And I want to say a couple things on that. First of all, I want to say this. Um, he said that he was scared that people were going to think he was, he, he was gay. To all my guys out there who may, who may, not have the courage to come out if you if you like a femme boy or you like a trans woman you like somebody non-binary um walk in your truth if you love somebody and that's who you love walk in your truth but do not feel like you have to end somebody's life because by ending her life you're ending your life he's like 20 now you know you're not even gonna the earliest you can get out is probably when you're in your 50s so much of your life you're gonna lose just because you could not sit up and say, "Hey, this is who I love." Also, um, there was rumors that she was saying that she was going to um, to expose him in a relationship. Now, let me explain something to you. Her exposing him in no way, shape, form, or fashion um, gave him the right to murder. I want to make that make that clear first. It in no right gave him the right to murder her. However, I gotta say this about black trans woman. I know sometimes you get angry because the way guys act and they don't want to claim you, but exposing these men as we've seen in, in young 17-year-old Brayla, Brayla Stone's case is so dangerous because these men will kill you. They will rob, they will steal you, they will beat you. They, they, they would rather go to the grave or go to penitentiary than to allow somebody to let them know that you're dating them or you're intimate with them. There are plenty of guys out there who will love you for who you are will love you for who you are and will claim you and everything. I know sometimes it gets hard as being black trans because we are a particular type or we were waiting for love. But, you know, when you're dealing with exposing someone, that is a very, very dangerous thing, my sisters. It is very, very, very dangerous. Please, please just listen to me right now. That is very, very dangerous because there are men that will kill you that's a let that secret out, okay? Um, I'm glad that um, Brayla Stone's um, murder has been brought. But, um, you know, she's, she, um, whew, her murder has been brought to justice. Um, but the saddest thing about it is the family can still never get their daughter back. And, and that is the reason why I tell all my black trans sisters, please be careful. 
please, please, please be careful. Please be careful to my beautiful love bug, Rayla Ann Stone, born June 8th, 2003, and resting on since June 25th, 2020. We remember you yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, and always. Thank you all so much, my audience, for tuning in to this episode of A Hateful Homicide. I'm your host, Mallory Jenna Robinson. Please follow us on Instagram at A Hateful Homicide. You can follow me at Mallory Jenna 90 Please check out our website at ahatefulhomicide.net. Please also continue to use the hashtags A Hateful Homicide, Trans Awareness, True Crime, Investigative Journalism, Say Her Name, Suspenseful Saturdays. Again, tune in to our season finale next Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.